You know, this last couple of weeks, I've been, not weeks, maybe about uh, since, since Thanksgiving, and I shared a little bit, uh, you know, uh, this, at the candlelight service on Friday, just my heart, because I've just been so, Christmas is exciting to me. It's a fun time, and, and as I've been reading the Christmas story, you know, and going through it, and we've shared it a couple different ways, and had the little kids share it, and Hallie and I read it the other night, and, and just the idea that when Jesus came, because the title of this message really is Peace and Joy in Jesus, and that when Jesus came into this world, if you go back to Luke, and you read chapter 1, and you read chapter 2, it's undeniable that there was a great anticipation in the people as this moment in time was drawing near, because they've been, like we said on Friday night, they, you know, they've, they've been prophesying about Jesus the Messiah coming, the Prince of Peace coming for all of those years. And then there was that dark period of 400 years. And then all of a sudden now, this is getting ready to be the crescendo, the moment of the beginning of the plan that takes us to Calvary. And Jesus was born into the earth. And he wasn't just born so that he could be the sheep and he could be the sacrifice and he could be the lamb that was crucified on the cross. That was his, that was his ultimate goal and that was the will of God for his life. But when he came into this earth, he brought joy and he brought peace. If you think about the stories and the things where Jesus was walking from place to place and town to town, and when he talked to people and ministered to people, he wasn't out of his mind. There were a lot of great things that were going on. A lot of de- How many of you have been around demonic people? They're tearing chains and doing crazy stuff. He wasn't going nuts. He was peaceful. He was calm. When he ministered to somebody who was blind and he touched their eyes, I'm sure people are jumping around, and I'm sure he's smiling and he's enjoying the moment. But then he always said what? Go in peace. See, he brought peace. And we live in a world that desperately needs peace. We live in a world that desperately needs joy. And so for this whole season of Christmas, you know, I've been running around with Elizabeth saying, where's the joy? I probably can't say what I do say because I say, I say, Mary, well, I say another one, but I say, Mary, stinking Christmas. Come on. I mean, we're cartwheels in the mall. Everybody's got to be happy. Because it says, if you look in Luke in chapter one, it says in verse 39, at that time that Mary got ready, and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered uh, Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. This is after the angel of the Lord came to her. And it said, when when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord shall come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, says the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Jesus brought joy. He brought joy everywhere he goes, and now he's just a seed at the moment in Mary's womb, and he enters into this house, and she's just the one who's, who's now told that she's going to be the mother of the Messiah. She comes into Elizabeth's house, and the baby leaps with what? Joy. Jesus is on the scene for the first time in the, probably the most minute way possible, and he brings great joy. The baby jumps on the inside for joy. First thing, see the first thing Jesus did? brought joy into their life. In Luke 2, verse 10, the angel said to the shepherds, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great what? Joy for all the people. See, if you don't have Jesus in your life, you will not have joy. You can't. You can can laugh and you can smile and maybe somebody tells a funny joke or a funny story, but that only lasts just a moment and then you go away out of that place and you're empty again. That's why the world looks around with a bunch of frowns. They even know that the reason for the season is Jesus. I mean, they're even, you know, now there's the great debate over, is it happy holidays or Christmas? And more and more people are saying Christmas. So, I mean, they even know that part, but they're not necessarily saying, Merry stinking Christmas! 
You know, there's not a huge smile on their face, and they're not doing cartwheels as you walk in the store to greet you with Merry Christmas. They're just told now that they have to say Merry Christmas because there's this whole contingent of unhappy people who aren't going to shop at their stores anymore if they don't say, who aren't going to take care of their products anymore if you don't say Merry Christmas. But see, happiness is a choice in your life. And as a believer, joy comes into your life as you receive Jesus. He came into this earth to bring joy, and so in our lives as believers... We should be full and overflowing and have that joy on the inside of us. And that is evident in your life through the things that you think, the things that you say, and the things that you do. And my, you know, it's not my mantra, but I talk all the time about being happy and about joyful. If you don't be happy, then what are you going to be? Sad. Well, that's a horrible choice. Yet how many times do we choose that? See, we refuse to rejoice when times get tough. We refuse to be happy when there's opportunities to be sad. Now, there's sorrow, and there's things, and people pass in your life, and maybe you've lost a loved one this year, and that's, that's, a, that's, a really, that's a time where you really, truly, you sorrow for the loss and for the things that have left, but there's, that doesn't take your joy from you. There's still joy in your heart. It's still there. Jesus came, it says in John 15, 11, your joy should be full, he said. He says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy, see, his joy, he came and brought joy into this earth, and then it says, my joy remain, remain in you that your joy may be full. Full, full to the top, overflowing. It's Christmas. How many of you have little kids? And they just, man, they're like, they're like absolute <laughs> jumping beans. From about Wednesday last week till, you know, who knows when, man. They're, they're like, they're itching, man, trying to get to those presents. They just want to, they want to see them. They want to do them. Molly would open anything. You know, she just almost two, and she would open anything that was in front of her. She, she, was, ex- she was excited about Christmas. She didn't even really understand or know what it was and then everything that she opened was the coolest thing she'd ever seen each day when you wake up it is the coolest day that you've ever lived see each day that you wake up is a present that god has given you and we should unwrap it with the same anticipation and the same joy that we do on christmas morning when we open up some gift of a shirt or a sweater that somebody gave us because every morning god is opening up a new thing for you and a new place for you in a journey So on Christmas morning, if you're excited about that ugly sweater that Uncle Frank gave you, how much more excited should we be on August 13th, you know, 2011, when that day's before us and we don't know what's going on, but God's got something great for us in that moment. See, when you're in his presence, what happened here? The baby limped inside Elizabeth's womb. Why? Because there was the presence of the king, the presence of the one who brought joy. It says in Psalm 1611, the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. And the enemy will try to steal your joy. If he can steal your joy, he'll steal your goods. He'll take all the things that you have. And I know. I mean, he's after me just like he's after you. I've had four or five, well, I've had four or five weeks of just busy, man, just out of control. Things happening left and right. This week was just wild. Wednesday night at four o'clock, Rachel called me. She got in an accident down the street, totaled her car. It's four o'clock. We have church at 630. And so I come rushing out the door and head down there to Casu Street to find her. Her phone keeps cutting off, so I have no idea if she's okay or not. All I hear is, Daddy, 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 I've been a bad, a bad, click. <laughs> daddy, 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 I've been an accident. I'm on Kazoo Street, click. <laughs> you know, so I'm terrified. I don't even know where she is. I know she's on Kazoo Street, so I'm going to drive Kazoo Street and try to find her. You know, I finally find her, and her car is, her car is interesting. It, it's, it's, been, it's been in a wreck, and, it, and it's mauled and messed up. 
And, I, and I'm, I'm loving on her because she's good. She's okay. Praise God, you get an opportunity to rejoice. The young girl's, she's fine. She's all right. She's going to be okay. She's put herself, just like Corey's word was that night, put herself in a place for God to do a great miracle in her life and to do something awesome. And she wasn't even here on Wednesday night, I don't think, to hear the message, but that's exactly what she told her mama after it was all said and done, was God's going to do something great. Grandma came, took care of a lot of things that dad couldn't. But dad was good. Dad was good. Dad loved on her and took care of her and took her car out of the way. And grandma took her to work. And, you know, she got to the things that she had to go to. But how many of you know you're not expecting those kind of things to happen? I woke up and realized I haven't gotten Elizabeth anything for Christmas. Somebody said, what are you getting your wife for Christmas? I don't know. And they said, you better not tell her that. And I said, I know. And not only have I not gotten her anything, I haven't even thought of getting her anything. And I'm usually pretty good. You know, I mean, I usually do a good job. Last week, last year, I went out in the snow on the bridge and got down on my knee and gave her a diamond ring and asked her to marry me again and all those. So I, I'm all right. But I think I shot my whole thing last year because I had zip this year. It's that hard to follow that up. Not much else could work. So Thursday, we went shopping, and, and it was probably one of the wildest moments of our... We spent like nine hours at the mall shopping, and by the time it was over... I didn't even care what I got. So your joy can disappear like that. Huh? That is true, man. Lori knows. I did not care. I grabbed stuff and thought, you know what? She's going to love to take this back next week and get something she really cares about. And I know what she won't buy at certain stores, so I just paid that much money in that store so she would be able to spend that much money there. One lady said, well, we don't give cash refunds. I said, that's awesome. She can pick out anything she wants. I don't care. They're like, wow, wow, this is really pretty. Do you like it? I don't even know what it is. Just here's the money, put it in a bag, and I am going home. At one point, I was in one store, and she came in talking on her phone. So I just turned around, and I gave it to the lady next to me and said, hold this. My wife just came in. (laughs) Merry Christmas. So I came over to her, and I said, what are you doing here? Get out. She was like, okay. And out the store, and I just went over to the lady, and I just grabbed the things and just threw them on the counter. I'm going home. So I got a whole bag full of I don't know what it was. Then we went shopping at Walmart to get some stuff for that night and the next day, you know, and she was supposed to make, she was supposed to make desserts for family Christmas Eve that we have, you know, after the Christmas Eve service here. And, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to ask her questions. And at this point, she's the same way I was just in another place, man. She can't think of anything. She's been knitting these little crazy coffee cozies and hats since about August. And her hands are all gnarled. And, and she's, she's racing the clock because I have six hats to go and five cozies. And all I hear all day is click, 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 click. It's like that all the time in our house. So the last three weeks, we haven't been able to think at all. But lots of people got hats and cozies. And so now, not only that, now other people know she does that, so she's really got orders. Allie's got three hats she needs. Lori needs three hats. This other person needs a couple. And so she's like knitting all of these things. To let you know how bad it was, Carter got his hat last night and was just stoked because she got it done. Because he was, he was going like, have you got my hat done? Have you got my hat done? Oh, honey, I don't know if I can do it. So yesterday, man, there she was all afternoon. And got his purple and gold hat done. But she was walking along, and I said, honey, honey, what about, you know, I'm trying to be nice at this point. I've already had my meltdown at the mall. So 
so I don't have to, <laughs> I can try to hold it all together for us. And I'm trying not to say, what's wrong with you, woman? Because <laughs> I just ran her out of a store like an hour ago. So I'm trying to be gentle John, you know, and I'm pushing the cart and being really sweet. And I'm like, oh, honey, do we need eggs for the morning? I don't know. <laughs> okay. You know, can we get some more yarn or something? I will go and just sit you in the knitting section and we'll just let me know what I need to get. And so, uh, but see, joy, where'd the joy go? It wasn't nearly this funny, I'm telling you right now, on Thursday night at 10 o'clock, it was not this funny. <laughs> Luckily, we didn't have two cars. We only had one because one of them got smashed up. But so we're down, and hers is rear wheel drive. It's like a sled. So that, that thing's useless in the snow. So finally, I was like, hey, I'm going to get some ice cream for later because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a quart to just down my sorrows. So uh, I'm going to get some real quick, but, but could you just, just give me a... She's really good. She's, this woman can make stuff out of nothing. And it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, if it's, if it, it doesn't matter what it is, man. She can, make, she can make great things out of just very little stuff. And I'm very thankful. So I was trying to encourage her, like, hey, could you just give me like a half a minute here and just think about dessert because we got we to gotta do dessert and she was, she's on the phone too, and she's like, <laughs> and so it's really a good time. And so while I'm getting my thing, I hear the freezer door slam about three things down, you know, poof. and she literally takes two of these frozen things out of the freezer and just like heaves them in the cart. That's what we're having. About like that. And I was like, hey, those are my favorite. You know, and I was like, this is going to be really rough tomorrow morning when she opens up. When she comes, it's like the blackout. It's like a drunk blackout. When she comes two in the morning, she's not going to like the fact that she threw two frozen things in there. So I knew that wasn't going to go over very well. But it, but it happened that way. And, and then we had to go home, you know, and put all the... And then we had to go home. So, you know, it got better after that. But see, those things happen. Those things happen in your life. But don't respond. You don't have to open the freezer and slam things in the cart. You know, there's joy. And, and let me tell you this, because this is what goes on the whole time. The whole stinking time we're out, there's like 47 of y'all coming up to us saying hi. And how y'all doing? Oh, Merry Christmas. Oh, love you. Great stuff. Good Lord, get these people out of my face. Pastor John's got a shop. I got nothing for my woman. I mean, it's like that all the time, and it's not you guys. I mean, we love seeing all of you, you know, but we love seeing you, and uh, we see you all over the place, so that's good. It keeps me honest. Luckily, you weren't at Walmart at 10, but uh, I don't know if I could have faked it then, but I got her good at the mall. But you never know who might need something. See, the joy of the Lord caused that baby to leap inside the womb, and when you walk into a situation, I can't go back, I can't go back. Huh? Have I moved too far to the other side? Well, there's a point to this. Because there are people that, not just you guys, because you guys know us and you would like shake your heads and say, oh, Pastor John's in trouble. But it, like these, these are people in the community who we know who know that we're pastors. And pe- we both taught school for a long time, so we know everybody in town. So everywhere we go, there are people. And it says that when Jesus walked into that place inside Mary, the baby inside Elizabeth leapt with joy. And see, somebody might be in a place that needs you to show up on the scene and bring that same joy that Jesus brought to that situation. So today, maybe Christmas wasn't that good. You can go home and say, I'm all right now. We had some joy. But I got a young kid who saw me in Dick's, and I was shopping around. I can tell you that now because I got you those socks. But uh, I ran into him, and he was a student of mine years ago, and he's one of, one of the kids who just, some reason, you know, just somehow connected with me, and I really had an opportunity to speak into this kid's life. 
for a long time. And he was the one who would come back, you know, year after year and, and say hi to me and say what's going on. And, you know, every time I would see him, he'd want to talk to me. And his dad had been sick with cancer and had some real rough times. And, you know, I said, you know, how you doing, buddy? What's going on? How's Christmas? You know, I mean, at that moment, I'm like, I'm, I'm knee deep in women's athletic wear. And I got no idea what to get. I don't even know what size. At that point, I was just holding stuff up. And I think he came to save me. And he said, hey, Mr. Skelton, how you doing? I said, oh, buddy, how are you, man? What's going on? You know, how was Christmas? How, how are things? How are, your, how are your mom and dad and what's going on? And, you know, he said, well, my dad died, you know, just this last March. And, you know, finally the cancer came back and, and it took his life. And so I had an opportunity to, to not just, you know, crack him up, but to impart life, you know, and give him a little bit of joy and give him a little bit of hope. He knows there's hope. He knows the Lord. But it was just an opportunity to kind of come alongside in that moment. Forget about the fact that I got crazy shopping stuff going on. It was easy, see, to drop that and, and to take care of this person who was there. And you don't know the joy that you have in your heart, somebody might need that. I mean, they really do. They're going, people are going through all kinds of things. And you say, well, I'm going through all kinds of things too. Well, so was I. I just told you what I was going through. And that may not seem like much to you, but to me, that was, dis- that was distress. I was freaking out. I was on the verge of, of you know, kind of going haywire. But I had opportunities where people would come up and I had an opportunity to just focus on them for a moment. See, and it, we said, Pastor Pam shared at the beginning of this year, you know, make it about other people, make it about somebody else. And that hasn't stopped all through this year, and I don't think that stops next year. You know, I think part of our thing is to reach out to people who are around us because you have something that they need. It says in Isaiah, in chapter 9, it's, it's, it's Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. It says, For unto us a child is born, and again, it's about the Messiah. And it says, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and he'll be the what? Prince of Peace. So in these same hectic moments, there's not just joy, but there's also peace if you'll remain content in him. And I began to get my eyes off of the things that I knew were true on the inside of me and began to get my eyes on the things that I hadn't gotten done, hadn't seen, you know, I hadn't taken care of, and all of that stuff. And what it did was instantly it spiraled on the inside of me. I was like a whirlwind. I couldn't think. I couldn't figure it out. She couldn't figure out where, what she was going to make for dessert. I mean, it was, it, there was no thinking. There was no anything. It was just get us through the line and get us home somewhere where we can get away. And as believers, that probably shouldn't be the way that we should live our life. So we should be able to take control of those things, be able to, to say, okay, Lord, I've got to cast this thing on you. You give me wisdom. You give me strength. You show me what I'm supposed to do. You show me how I'm supposed to react, what I'm supposed to take care of. Heck, we got to church today. I even came early because I knew, man, you know, I'm talking about peace and joy, so all heck's probably going to break loose around here. And there's like 19-pound icicles hanging off the front that are, I mean, they're the killing mastodon. They're, I mean, they were no lie, man. They were as big as me and like this big around. And I'm out there with a broom, man. I, started, I thought, oh, this is kind of fun when they're small and they can't kill you when they hit you. It's kind of fun. You know, I'm smacking them with a broom all the time, you know, during the week. But today I was like, because it's kind of one of the favorite things to do is knock them down. It's kind of cool. But whoever designed this building was apparently not waiting for winter or anything else because there's like these icicles. And so I was, they were big too. Pastor Pam had said, hey, I don't know what to tell you, man, but those things, they're extra special today. And I said, okay, you know, so I came early because I was expecting, you know. So I went out there and I looked up and saw those things and thought, man, I got, I got to preach in about an hour. <laughs> But I, I, this would be fun. So I start doing it, and they start attacking me. They start riding. They're actually riding the broom at me. They're not falling straight down. They're, like, catching it like a slide. And I got a couple nice gashes in my hand, you know. And Sean and those guys came out and kind of took care of that, and that was great. Only for me to walk in and somebody say, where's the bulletin? Where's the bulletin? Oh, praise God, no bulletin. 
hey, no problem. The guy that does the bulletin's on his way to Canada. So we'll just tell everybody they can see him when he gets back next week. Fantastic. And he's about the only one that knows how to make the bulletin actually work. So again, like Kathy, you don't want to see her go. You don't want to see Corey go because we won't have a bulletin. We'll all be, the announcements will be an hour and a half as we read everything to you. Fantastic. So I get Corey on the phone and he's like, I don't know. Where's the bulletin? Hey, that's your job. Tell me where the bulletin is. So uh, we, had, we had to print the bulletin. So Pastor John got, got a fine uh, tutorial on how to work all the computers back there and got the thing printed, got it all going, and we got about halfway through the bulletin only to have them say, hey, all the power just shut down. Oh, praise God, there goes all my peace. Does someone not, I mean, I'm just telling you, there's joy and peace in the Lord if you take it. If not, you end up, you know, because these things happen, people don't think this stuff happens to us. It happens to us all the time. And then there was like some kind of crazy jam in the thing. And so we're, Elizabeth and I are digging and, and, and Lisa's helping. And finally, I, she just said, you need to go away. <laughs> thought I was doing good. I wasn't upset or nothing. I was just trying to help. So I went away for a minute and they got it all fixed. That got going. And then I was putting my microphone on and I like, somehow this thing like got dunked in the toilet or something and like got wet. So I'm over in Blaze like calling Corey. Hey, will this kill me if I turn it on? Because there was a guy who, who did a baptism, a pastor did a baptism with a wireless mic and it, it electrocuted him. And the last thing I want to do is like have my last thing be, join peace of the Lord, and, just, and be done. Could you imagine that? God just took him like that, just translated him right out of here. And his hair was hot and he had smoke coming out of his ears. So, I mean, I was, I'm over in blaze, <laughs> making sure that everything's going to be Okay. I don't want to go down because my thing got dunked in the toilet. I mean, there's a lot of ways to go, but that is not on the top of my list. I'm never going to get through this message, I can see. It was a good one, too. But those, I mean, that stuff's going on. And so, I'm, I mean, I'm running around, and, and, then, and then Pastor Bill has to take care of Kathy Van Winkle because Pastor Pam's playing the piano, and he is, he's, he's up and been translated. He was here, and then he was gone. I looked for him for 20 minutes. And finally, I just told Elizabeth or Pastor, hey, if anybody sees him, just tap him on the shoulder and remind him that we're doing this because I've got I've to go dunk my thing in the toilet. <laughs> Apparently, I hadn't done that yet. But it was James 1, 2, before we move on to peace. Let's go back to joy here real quick. Because it says, uh, we're all saved, right? We're good. Everybody saved? Knows Jesus? It says, my brother, count it all what? Joy when you fall into various trials. So there's joy. But it says in Isaiah 9, it says that he's the prince of peace. And that if you're not content being exactly who you are and what he's created you to be, then you're going to have trouble. And you can't have joy and you can't have peace if you don't have Jesus in your life. And, and, and if you won't be at peace with yourself in your life, and if you won't have joy in your life where you are, then you'll never be able to share joy. And you'll never be able to be peace seeing somebody else's life when they need you. And I've, I have learned over time. Thursday night was wild. But Wednesday, I, you know, I, I have learned to be in control in those situations because they're very serious situations. And the things that you say, the things that you think, they're the things that ultimately come to pass in those kind of situations. And so I have learned over the years that when those situations arise, to stay in the spirit and go this direction. To not be haywire, to not be out there. Sometimes when I'm on my own and I'm shopping for my wife, sometimes that slips. But when somebody shows up on the scene, I instantly know exactly what I'm supposed to say and what I'm supposed to do. 
I can forget about me in a heartbeat and take care of somebody else. What I need to do is continue to, <laughs> you know, be good all the time. But it's only like 5% of the time anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> if you look in Philippians in chapter 4, and we can go back to verse 4. We don't have to go to 10, Sandy. We can go to 4. It says in the Message Bible in Philippians in chapter 4, it says, celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. It says, make it as clear as you can to all that you meet that you're on their side working with them and not against them. See, and I think about Pastor Bill. It says, help them see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up at any minute. I think about Pastor Bill a lot in situations when I don't want to smile. When I go into places and I don't want to be happy and I want to worry about myself, I think about Pastor Bill because I really rarely ever see him act that way outside in, in a place where people are. Now, sometimes when he's on his own, I guess he has issues and problems. Pastor Pam continually tells that he grits his teeth and does things, but that's so few and far between. That, that does, that's, that's like years ago. That's when we were kids, and, you know, Matt and I were doing all the good stuff, and Lori was causing havoc. It's Christmas. I can make up whatever I want to say, I think. But see, Pastor Bill always has a smile on his face. People always love to see him coming. Even if they're upset, he always brings joy and he always brings peace and he always brings the Spirit of God into the situations. Maybe you've been in the hospital or you've been in a place in your life where Pastor Bill showed up on the scene and you were so glad that he was there because he just brought that calming peace of Jesus into the room or into the place or into the situation. Well, how does he do that? He stays in the Spirit. He's content in who he is. He knows that Jesus is the ultimate supplier of the truth and the ultimate peace and that he carries that thing on this earth and that it's a great responsibility as a believer than to carry it on to the people who are around him. It goes on and it says in verse 6, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. It's great what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. And he does that. Peace is an undisturbed state of mind. It's the absence of strife and it's perfect well-being. Anxiety, on the other hand, is a lot of trouble. Anxiety is a state of apprehension, uncertainty, and fear resulting from anticipation of realistic or fantasized threatening or a fantasized threatened event often impairing physical and psychological functioning it makes you act irrational it shuts you down and it keeps you held up anxiety in the man in the heart of a man causes depression it says but it says in John 16:33 that in the world you'll have tribulation but in Jesus you will have what peace so instead of tribulation, you have peace. Instead of upheaval in your life, you have peace. Instead of unhappiness, you have joy. Why? Because Jesus came into the world, and he brought joy, and he was called the Prince of Peace, and the things that he was are the things that he gave you. The fruit of the Spirit, it says in Galatians in chapter 5, is what? Love, peace, and joy are the first three. Those are the things, I think, it goes on, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, and all of those things. But you can be that way if you're listening. Pastor Bill listens to the Holy Spirit. Pastor Pam listens to what the Spirit is speaking. In our lives, are we always listening to the things that God is sharing with us? Or are we running around in some of these chaotic situations and not paying any attention? See, if you listen to what God says, Pastor Bill said it, Pastor Pam said it, you know, we've said it from the pulpit here most of this year. 2011 will be a fantastic year. It'll be a great year if you're listening to the things that God is speaking to you by His Spirit. You can have this kind of joy. You can have this kind of peace. But you have to be listening to what the Spirit of God is speaking. You, can, you don't get an opportunity to, to just take off. You have two ears, one mouth. Listen twice as much as you speak. 
Listen to what God's saying. Pray, ask God, speak to God, share with God, let things come out of your mouth, but then take that moment, take that time to listen to what he's speaking to you. Because it's important, and I believe in this last days and this time that we go through over the next year, it's going to be important. The world will be shaken, things will go worse, it's not going to get a whole lot better out there. I just want to let you know that we are coming into a new world, and you know we've got other people that have been elected into office politically and those kind of things, but that is not the answer to what ails this country. That's not the answer to what ails this world is a political system or a political party. It's about the believers, people like you and me, going out and living our life like God called us to live, being who God created us to be. Listen means to pay close attention to, to take advice, to make a conscious effort to hear or to understand. What God's speaking to you is important. And you've heard me say this before, but there was a time with Elizabeth that she talked a lot, and she would say things all the time. And, you know, men, sometimes, you know, our wives, they might talk a little more than we do, and, and sometimes we get lost in the conversation. And, uh, you know, maybe not lost in the conversation as much as not paying any attention to what they're saying, which makes us really be in trouble in the end, because you hear this. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> but you usually do it like this. What did you say? Because, <laughs> oh, not you. I'm saying you're lovely. But anyway, you know, there was a time where I told her, could you do something for me? When you're about to say something really important, this is not the way to do it. If you're about to say something really important, could you give me a warning or a little siren that goes whoop, whoop, and then say whatever it is? Because I'll pay attention. That's not the way to handle things because it didn't go over well from then. And I've learned to pay attention to every word that she says now. <laughs> Apparently, everything's important. Because <laughs> the whoop whoop's going to be a stick stick up against my head head if I don't keep straight. Now she's very loving, she's kind. <laughs> but see, we would like the Holy Spirit to do that as well. You know, we would like the Holy Spirit to share with us something, you know, in some kind of, you know, visual uh, vision, some, something that's like, you know, uh, the, the clouds. We, we want those things. We want firecrackers to go off and God to speak to us in an audible voice. I mean, we, we're looking for all of that. But the way he speaks to us is by a still, small voice. And so as a believer, you have to be at peace if you're going to hear his voice. You have to have his joy in your life. You, you can't be walking around unhappy and dis- distraught, discouraged and headed towards disappointment in your life because you won't hear his voice. Because your thoughts will be clouded. You won't be at peace and you'll be worried about the things that are over here and not, not focused on Jesus who's the author and the finisher of our faith. So as this year comes to a close and as we move through, these are five things that I thought of that God put in my heart you know, over the last year or so or two years just to remind me of things to encourage me. See, these five things aren't things that are going to ultimately just absolutely just radically change your life, but they're five things that we can do as believers that keep us going down that path of peace and joy living in prosperity and living in abundance. It keeps us focused on the things that Jesus has for us. Because it says in Hebrews 11, right? Focus on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And he went through all of those things. The first one is just dream big. Allow yourself to dream. It says there that dreaming illustrates your hidden capabilities and unawakened desires. See, little kids are fantastic. Young people are great when they have dreams. What happens to those young people and those little kids when they get to be adults? Where did all the dreams go? Well, life happened. Well, yeah, life happens to all of us. You just heard my life. You know, I mean, life happens to everybody. And that's only the good stuff that I can tell you. (laughs) There's a whole lot of life out there that maybe 
See, it may not have turned out the way that you thought. Well, that's all right. God still has a plan and a purpose for you. Dream. Dream big. Allow yourself to see what's going on in the spirit and then get in touch and in tune with that thing. Come into agreement with what God says. Begin to speak those things about your life no matter how wild they might sound. You have to get into agreement. God is looking for someone to come into agreement with the plan and the dream and the desire that he has for their life. And that thing is always bigger than what we can even comprehend, right? It says so in Ephesians, greater than anything we can ask, hope, or think. Then the next thing says, write the vision, right? Number two says, write the vision down. As we go into this next week, we're headed toward 2011. Don't worry about what went on in 2010. Focus on what God's about to do in your life in 2011. The enemy will hold you captive, and it'll be 2015 before you ever remember what in the world's going on. See, he pulls that trick on believers all the time. He pulls that trick, says, well, because of what happened back then, never the, because of this, because of that, because of what went down here, because of what went down here, and all of a sudden it's January, then it's February, and you're still worried about what happened in August the year before. Yep. It says that he is the one who brings those things back in our life. He is the one who restores. It says he'll turn all that stuff around for good in your life if you'll just love him. So you just repent before him and say, okay, I made a mistake, I missed it, whatever it was, and go forward in your life. It says in Habakkuk that you're supposed to write the vision. Why? So that you can run with it. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. So that when you get to August, you've got to look back at that thing and it says, oh, that's what God told me at the end of December about this year. Ah. But hopefully you don't get to August that way because in January, second week, you went back to that book and said, what would you say, God? Yes, that's what you said. And it's not going to look like probably something you can accomplish right now. But who knows what God can do in two weeks, six months, and a year. Give him time in your life to do something great, because he will. But you have to be in line with that thing. Forget the past, number three. Forget the past. The past does not rule who you are. No one ever came into the future by walking backwards. They went forward into that thing. You'll hear that on the radio somewhere along the way, I think. I think that's one of our breakthrough moments this next couple weeks. You have to go forward with what God has for you. You may have been disappointed. You may have been discouraged. Things might have not have gone right. They might not have gone the way you wanted to. Heck, you may have been wronged by somebody else and maybe didn't have anything to do with it. And what they did to you hurt you. Forgive them. Forgive them. Forget. See, that's all past. And you holding those things against them will never make things better for you in the future. They won't make things worse for them. They'll make things worse for you. Let them go. Let them be. And move forward in what God has for you. Proverbs 17, 22. Have fun, number four. Merry heart does good like a medicine. We should all be healed. We should all be healed. We should all be laughing. See, there's joy. There's happiness. Everywhere we went right before Christmas, we'd go somewhere and there would be some happy and there would be some joy and there would be some, some great merry stinking Christmas going on and they would all like, hey, look, look, it's Merry Christmas, it's happy. Because I, 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 that's, that's where I want to live. I don't want to live on the other side. I don't like the chaos. I don't like being upset. I don't like all that stuff. I want to be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Right? I mean, that's, that's good stuff. You can do that in your life. But you have to be the one who makes that choice. See, you have to be the one who says, I'm going to forget what that person just said to me. You're going to have to be the one that says, I forgive that person for what they just did. You have to be the one that says, I'm just going to let that thing go. Even when somebody's berating you or when somebody's coming against you and you don't deserve that thing, you have to be man enough or you have to be woman enough to say, you know what, I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to hold it against you. I'm just going to pray for you. Now, if that's your wife, don't say that to her at the moment. It's probably not wisdom. 
I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I'm going to stand in, in forgiveness and pray for you. That probably is not going to go well. You'll probably be in the hospital and be praying you because your arm will be ripped off. But stand for her. Intercede for her in those situations. Women for your men as well. Why is it always the woman who's the bad one? Sorry. Because I'm talking. <laughs> the last one is focus, focus, focus. Don't focus on what's at hand. Focus on the people who are around you. Don't focus on what you see is wrong. Focus on what you know is right. And if you can do that and you can focus on Jesus, like it says in Hebrews in chapter 12. See, if you can focus on Jesus... He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He'll take you from that place and he'll put you in the next season of your life. I believe that the next year will be fantastic and I believe that this week is like the launching pad into what God has for us. But take these things in your life. Go home, spend a week dreaming. One of the questions at the bottom of the thing is a question that Pastor Bill's asked me forever and he asks people continually. I still hear him say that to people. What would you do in your life? If money was not an object, if education wasn't an object, it, what, what would you do in your life if you could do anything that you wanted to do? What is the thing that God's put in your heart that makes you cry in those moments in praise and worship? When you're praying and spending time with him alone in his word, what's that thing when you write it down? Your heart begins to beat and your eyes begin to well up with tears. Begin to seek God and find out what it is that he has for you. That's dreaming big because it's beyond you. It, it feels good to your heart. It feels good to your spirit, man, because it may be what God is calling you to do and it's pulling on you. Begin to stand the gap. Begin to speak the word. Dream big. Write the vision. Do these things. Forget the past. Have fun and focus on what God has for you to do today. Today. Amen. Let's stand up together. I want to pray for you. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.